Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have it. Today, we are talking about vending machines. I am excited about this. I'm excited because I want to talk about vending machines. I'm excited because it's our annual Pledge Drive episode where we ask you to be our vending machine no mm. where we we are your vending machine because you put you money, put money into, into us there and we, we go vend podcasts, podcasts and, yeah. and bonus materials yeah that's right you know i i also want to say that this episode was suggested by one of our listeners it sure was mm-hmm. molly ella molly on ella on reddit uh, we should say that we're on our annual corporate yeah, if, retreat if things right sound now. a little more echoey than usual it's because uh we are we are in the living room of our airbnb overlooking the pickering passage yeah we're in the south puget sound yes uh, I did not of, know what to call this area until like yesterday. Yeah, kind of. Uh, we're like due west of Tacoma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could all, all of you can uh, can visualize that mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, June was like wanting to know what we do on our corporate retreat. And uh, I told her that we watch movies. Corporate stuff. We, you know, we, we write our annual report. That's right. We have and our board meetings. We discuss things like, you know, what is the best platform for subscriber payments and subscriber emails and mm-hmm. things. And also, we're recording this episode, which is on vending machines. Yes. And June, I was, I've never been more proud. June goes, do you mean like vending machines in the US or in Japan? Oh, wow. And I was like- You raised this kid right. I have raised this kid right. And it, not to brag, but this was a big, big parenting moment for me. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. I mean, it hadn't even occurred to me that this could be about Japanese vending machines. Yeah, do you, do you think we should talk about Japanese vending oh, machines? I think you're, I think now that I look at it, you've got Japanese vending <laughs> sure. machines on your memory lane, but I had not even thought of it. Yeah, why don't we why don't we go down vending machine memory lane? Yeah. Did your like middle school or high school have a vending machine? Yes, my high school did. My middle school had a student store where you could like go <sighs> buy stuff from yeah. a human during recess, but then my high school had vending machines that uh, that were like full of junk food and that made me really really happy as a high school student. This is really interesting. My situation was reversed. My okay. middle school had vending machines. They were in like the back hallway like my school was one of those that, like every school, has been added on to many times, right? Sure. And so always, like, the the gym is kind of in this, like, no man's land. It's been added on to multiple times. Like, and there's always, like, yeah. these like a weird hallway to get to the locker room that makes no sense, etc. So in my middle school, the women's locker room and the men's locker room were separated by this hallway that was the library. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And so to access the vending machines, which were right outside the men's locker room, you either had to go through the gym and around, or you walked all the way through the library to get to the vending machine. So, so the library, the library is like a vending machine for books. That's right. And the vending machine is like a library for Snickers. That's right. The vending machine was a big deal in middle school. We were allowed to eat in class, as I've discussed on the show before. Um, Oh, right. And and it's still like, it never makes sense any time. No, no, it doesn't make any sense to me either. But anyway, the vending machine was a big deal. You know, of course, everybody went through phases in like what kind of drink was like the coolest or, uh, you know, considered to be the coolest by this particular group at any given time. Of course, yeah. So sometimes it was um, Orange Crush. Yes, loved um, Orange Crush. Sometimes it was Barks Root Beer. Love Barks Root Beer. Yeah, never, it was never any kind of cola. 
and then as far as snacks go, I don't remember ever getting anything sweet, although I do remember Twizzlers were in that vending sure. machine. I think on the extruded corn snacks episode, I talked about this, but Funyuns were a big deal in this vending machine. Absolutely. When I was in middle school, Funyuns were a big deal also. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we mm-hmm. talked about that. Yeah. So yeah, my middle school vending machine, super big deal. In high school, we had a store that was actually staffed by a student. And I do remember getting things like sweet tarts there. Yeah, I don't really remember like which specific items I gravitated toward in high school. I don't think I honestly used the vending machine that much because I would, I like to go off campus and and buy my junk food off campus because I could. That's a really good point. Did you have an open campus? You could leave at any time? Oh, okay. We did not have an open campus. Okay. Yes, often I would go to uh, the, was it coffee people? No, it was Boyd's Coffee, like during, uh, like before first period and like just not come back until maybe after second period. I, was, I wasn't oh. the worst high school student, but I, I wasn't, like, I, I wasn't I, I, one of the better ones. Okay, our listeners need to go back and listen to the episode that we recorded on our corporate retreat in early 2020, right okay. before the pandemic. Because right, the we, we recorded, recorded at Pomona it College. at Pomona College, which is where Matthew spent his first two years. Yeah, of two college. and a half years. And I am continually shocked by what a like a nonchalant student you were, Matthew. Because I was so serious. Yeah, I was. I was like sometimes serious. Like I was serious if I cared about the class, and then then kind of like stopped caring about class. So you would just like in high school, you would just like leave before first period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even get my head around this. But so, okay. I mean, at some point, like I learned you could skip class and nothing terrible happened. And as far as I know, nothing terrible ever happened, except like I didn't get very good grades junior year. Only junior year. Only junior year, as I recall. Huh. Interesting. Okay. But what about like other memory lane vending machines? Okay. So, when I was younger, when I was like a like an elementary school, um, I used to hang out with my friends at Selwood Market, which is still there. Selwood we, being a neighborhood. A neighborhood in Portland. Okay. Uh, we would play video games and we would buy candy, sometimes from the candy section and sometimes from the from the vending machines. I remember they literally had a one penny gumball machine. Hold on. Does a gumball machine count as a vending machine? I think it does. Like in that you put in money and it dispenses a thing? Yeah, I think technically that is called a bulk vending machine because it's like vending from a bulk supply of things okay. rather than okay. discrete items. I mean, not that gumballs aren't discrete items. And I, and I was very discreet you, about of my gumball <laughs> of course. consumption. You know, this reminds me, so I don't think Crescent Market had vending machines. I mean, uh, bulk vending machines. I don't sure. know. No, it had, a, it had a gumball one. Okay. You know how like grocery stores used to always have a vending, like a bulk vending machines right inside the door, like right where you would get the yes. cart? Yeah, that's exactly where at Selwood Market also, they were right inside the door. Is this something stores still have? I think I've seen it at like Fred Meyer, QFC. So. Did you ever see, this might've been like after we were no longer small kids, the, like a, the big gumball machine where the gumball comes down like a spiral shaped path. No. Oh, those seemed like so well designed to like make kids feel like if my parents don't buy me one of these, I will literally die right here in yeah. the yeah. store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have fond memories of taking a little bit of money to the like corner convenience store. It was kind of like behind my cousin's house in Northern California. We could we would like cross a street at like a traffic signal. Wow. And this was a big deal because in the neighborhood where I grew up, there were definitely like no crosswalks. It was just highly residential. 
You definitely would never have to push a button to cross the street. Sure. So we would take a little money. We would get uh, non-vending machine items like, uh, oh my God, they had like plastic tubs of beef jerky that you could just reach into. That is, uh, yeah, I've certainly seen that like, before. Like with a screw and, top and it's lid. it's so gross. It's so disgusting. <laughs> and we would get pints of what was uh, then brand new Ben and Jerry's. I feel like I feel like beef jerky sort of has like the perfect texture for like whatever like gross thing was on your hand to transfer to. That's exactly yeah, right. Because right? it's got a little little grippy. A little, little bit so grippy. If, I don't so know like, if you've got like some some COVID. Yeah, some, like, some COVID, like some, some like industrial chemical oh, yeah, some fungus yeah whatever it is yeah uh, athlete's foot uh, yep if you if you're like putting your foot in there and like grabbing it between your toes prehensile yeah. toes I, I think i'm pretty good at like picking things up with my toes oh okay isn't that a useful it's, skill it's too bad that you're wearing socks it is right too now. bad yeah anyway but uh whatever change we would have i remember feeling excited when there was enough change after mm-hmm. buying the beef jerky and the ice cream to put a little money in the gumball machine that was pretty exciting and was it just like the like classic like multicolored like yeah, kind of too hard to chew yeah, gumballs? gumballs are always they're never it, it, it's never a right time for a gumball no you're absolutely right like it's a bad <laughs> product that that yet somehow is so appealing it's so <laughs> i would eat one if we had one here well i mean i don't even want to eat it but like if there was a gumball machine here if they if in this airbnb they put in a gumball machine oh my god we would that, totally that took, have hit that, that took, thing like, many times uh, We we would pay like an extra $200. Uh, Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to blow your mind right now because I want to talk about a vending machine that doesn't vend food. Because this is on my vending machine memory mm. is lane. Is this like those like Apple vending machine, like the ones no, that like vend no. headphones? No, this is gotcha pond newspaper vending machine. Oh, I we're not going to talk about gotcha. Okay, it's, it's too, too big. Too big. It's, it's too big, big of a can okay. of worms. Okay, but one of the first jobs I ever had, and one of the worst jobs I ever had, which I'm sure I've talked about before, was what we called shagging newspapers. And this was not like Austin Powers style shagging. You're, you're looking over at like, <laughs> yeah, as, baby. As, as if, <laughs> what, what were you what looking is, at? <laughs> you looked to the side as if, I hope no one heard well, Matthew I say heard, shagging. I heard Abby laugh. Okay. <laughs> or I saw Abby laugh. Okay. Um, I didn't even realize Abby was over there. Yeah, Abby's behind you. Okay. So we called the shagging newspapers, which meant uh, switching out the newspapers in the newspaper vending boxes to the new edition. Oh, first of all, would you call that a vending machine? I think it is. You put money in. What this definition is getting way too big, Matthew. Well, believe me, when we get into the history of vending machines, there's going to be some things that definitely cross the line into non-vending machines. Okay, I mean maybe, especially the ones where you do actually have to pay money. Yes, this, that was this. This was the Oregonian newspaper. Okay. Yeah, okay. this job was so bad. Yeah, this sounds terrible. I would like have to run from machine to machine carrying a, a stack of newspapers, which is heavy and would like get ink all over me. What did you get paid? I don't remember, but not much. And how old were you? Uh, 16. Wow. And how long was this your job? I think I made it like two weeks before I quit. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This was probably around the era when I was working sometimes like seasonally for a caterer, Mm -hmm. like snapping like entire cases of green beans. Oh, that sounds terrible. I got $7.50 an hour, which was a lot back then. Yeah. I I think maybe I got like $50 a week, 
which probably seemed like a lot of money yeah. at the time, but it was like very, like it was very physical work and, uh, I was not in good shape and, uh, like the whole thing, it was, I never should have taken the job in the first place. Now, if you were to do it now though, you're in such good shape. If I were to do it you... now, like, yeah, people like have such a huge appetite for printed newspapers. <laughs> like this job has probably exploded at this point. It probably pays like a thousand dollars a week. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wait a minute. I want to talk about some subway platforms that I have fond memory. I mean, some, some subway, uh, vending <laughs> got wow. <laughs> Did I say subway platforms? Okay. So I remember when I was a student in Paris, like d- during college. Did they have subway platform vending machines in Paris? Oh, yes. That sounds great. Oh, what yes. was in them? So I would always get peanut M&Ms, but they would also have like, uh, what are those like? M- M- Maltesers. Rashid. M M Rashid. No, no, they were called M&M's. And I think maybe it would say... Les, les M&M's? No, uh, cacahuete. Cacahuete. What's, what's the difference between arachide and cacahuete? Why are there two well, words uh, for peanut I in don't French? know. Look it up. Uh, nah. Beurre de cacahuete is peanut butter. But, but beurre d'arachide is also peanut butter. Look it up. Oh, fine. <laughs> Abby's like, this episode's terrible. I'm going to have to cut the whole thing. <laughs> cacahuete versus arachide. Definitely use the word kakahuet when talking about the nuts. Some people might not know what an ahashid is, even though it's a synonym. It is not used in Paris, so you don't want to take the risk. The word ahashid is used for the oil, never kakahuet. Wow, um, so I was right and you were wrong. Uh, yeah, kaka- ahashid <laughs> is the plant and is used when talking about oils or allergy. But ahashid is a more popular term in Quebec. Fine. Whatever. Anyway. Wow. Um, so the people, the people of Quebec just named me a here, local hero. <laughs> next time I go to Quebec, which I've never been to, they're going to present me with a medal and the key to the city. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in the, the, the shape of a peanut. <laughs> it's going to be a peanut, a peanut key to the city. Have, like, can we talk about the key to the city for a minute? Yeah. Like, how does that happen? Are there gates I, at every city? Well, we I, think it's, I think them. it's like, uh, yeah, there, it, it opens an invisible gate. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome to get the key to the city? Like, What city would you want the key to? I think Quebec City. I'd go Montreal. Go Montreal. Oh, okay. yeah. Big time. Okay. Big time. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, I this went through- This is an intense memory lane, by I the went way. through a big peanut M&M phase when I was in college, and it was spe- I think it was because it was one of the few candies that were reliably in those vending machines on subway platforms. And I would be like coming home from school and I'd be like hungry or I'd be coming home from like a friend's apartment you or say, something. You say phase as if I haven't seen you eat peanut M&M's no, but I mean, a hundred times I, since then. But no, but it was like, it, it was like a, like a, my thing. Okay. Did people, did you have like a nickname based on this? <laughs> I remember coming home from a school trip that we took, uh, like all of us who were in the Paris program. And we had taken a train somewhere. We had gotten to the train station late. We didn't have time to get any food. Everything was closed. And I remember I had like part of a, like a loaf of bread that we bought at a boulangerie earlier in the day. And I bought a 
bag of peanut M&Ms and between the peanut M&Ms and the loaf of bread, like I truly felt that I had a complete meal, you know, it's like peanut butter. That sounds pretty great. On bread and chocolate. I mean, vending machines on subway platforms, that is how to make your millions. I have fond memories of uh, the first time I went to London, the Cadbury vending machines on on the two platforms. And they're all like Cadbury that brand? That is how I remember like, it. Like I'm sure Coke they had branded? other products in them in them also, but I would always get like a Cadbury dairy milk yes. or something like that. Yes. Okay. So satisfying. I, I have more vending machine memory lane. The first time I went to Japan uh, with, with my family, you know, we lived in, uh, in Nakano, Tokyo, and we there was a cluster of vending machines right near our apartment. And we'll talk more later about vending machines in Japan, but we called it Vending Machine Corner. And we were there in the summer. And like, I feel like Vending Machine Corner like saved our lives multiple times because it is so hot and sweaty and humid and gross in Japan in the summer. And our apartment was like, 10 minute walk from the from the train station and like by the time we got to vending machine corner we were like we can't make it any further without getting some uh, some Elohas brand water or something else from the vending machine the ubiquity of vending machines in Japan is really delightful I remember being with you on a like a cold day on a subway platform an open air subway platform mm-hmm. somewhere in Paris excuse me somewhere in Tokyo we should go to Paris together we should go to Paris when you know maybe this will be the year that our play drive yields enough money for us to do our corporate retreat in Paris right. instead of South Puget Sound. But no, it's great. I love South Puget yeah, Sound. Yeah, it's very nice. It's we lovely. went out on a paddleboard today. We did. We did. We paddled together, Matthew and I, on the same paddleboard. We paddled together. You said we were like frog and toad. We were like frog and toad, yes. Yeah, that's so cute. Uh, Which one is the neurotic one? Is that toad? That's you. <laughs> yeah, I think I was going to say, I think I'm anyway, toad. Anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I remember getting some sort of a warm, like a uh, sweetened coffee drink at a vending machine sure. in Tokyo with you, like Georgia brand yes, or something. Yes, absolutely. I still am fascinated by how they're dispensed from the machine warm, but only some of the ones in the machine. Yeah. So there, I, I didn't research that, but there must be like a warm box inside the box. Yeah. That's, I've got that's one of those. Technical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What else, Matthew? Oh, the only other thing is like, I don't remember the specifics of where this happened, but I do remember that like one of the angriest moments of my entire life was a time when like I really wanted something from a vending machine, probably like an M&M's. And like I put in my money and the, the, you know, the coil turned and it like got stuck hanging there. I was like, I want to punch my fist through this vending machine. I, bl- I, bl- I think this is a, I think this is a universal human experience. Yeah. Like you haven't lived until you have like paid for something that's gotten stuck in a vending machine. I work in customer support. Can you imagine how much it must fucking blow to work in customer support for a vending machine company? I don't think they have customer support anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, I, I don't <laughs> think they do. Or at least if they do, the phone number is not like right there on the side of the machine. I don't, I feel like maybe it is. Like maybe there's a law or Should something. Should we try it the next time we encounter a vending machine? Let's check it out next time we encounter okay. a vending machine. Okay. okay. Speaking of encountering vending machines, when did mankind first encounter vending machines? Okay, so I researched. <laughs> that was a great segue. I'm Thank so you. proud of you. Thank you. That that is like La Femme Arachide right there. <laughs> yeah. I figured it, the history of vending machines would be fun to research, and it did not disappoint. So. When was the first vending machine? Wow, does this depend on how you define the term vending machine? Okay. And in particular, 
does it actually have to be built or is it or is if it's just someone's idea does that count wait is that like a vending machine of the mind because my mind is therefore a vending machine well like, like in that it vends thoughts well yeah like i put food in my mouth and okay. like my yeah. brain makes thoughts and then and then the thoughts come back out your mouth <laughs> like is there a vending machine where you like put put the money in, in, in the, the slot same place then, that the stuff comes out stuff, that's called a cloaca <laughs> 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 Okay. <laughs> That's so gross. So gross. Um, yeah, you birds, you're so gross. Um, okay, so uh, hero of Alexandria, who I'm sure you knew was going to come up, uh, a Greek Wait, mathematician. That's, a, that's name? a hero of Alexandria. Wait, like, like, one? Yeah, like how I'm the hero of Quebec. Okay, okay. A uh, hero of Alexandria, a Greek mathematician and inventor in the first century AD, developed a quote holy water vending machine <laughs> where you put in a, put in a coin, okay. and it falls onto a, a pan, and the weight of the coin would tip the pan, which would then ca- cause it to dispense a set amount of holy water. Oh, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Apparently, he came up with the idea because he saw people taking more than their fair share, in his opinion, of holy water and got pissed off about this. Wow. (laughs) And it seems... Uh, Do you think that this man was a self-declared hero of Alexandria? It sure sounds like it. Okay. And as far as I could tell, he never actually built the machine. Like, he just, like, drew it in his journal, like, Leonardo style. Uh, did Leonardo da Vinci invent any vending machines? Like, what's that diagram of like a, a human body in a in a circle? That's that's a vending machine. Yes, that's that's like yeah, like that that was his vending machine of the mind concept that, oh. that you just claimed you came up with, but actually it was Da Vinci. Okay. Uh, yeah, it sounded like a second there, like you were trying to set me up for a segue, and I was like, I don't remember putting anything about Leonardo in here. <laughs> no. I mean, I put in I put in like Donatello and Raphael, and mm-hmm. stuff, but. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so then we then we jump forward to to the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. Uh, so then a lot of sources refer to brass tobacco vending machines found in English pubs in the 1600s. Is this like Brass Monkey? It that it was a funky design <laughs> because uh, as far as I could tell, I tr- did my best. Wait, were to they research made this. of brass, or is the is the type of tobacco a brass <laughs> brass tobacco? Brass, it was brass brand tobacco, <laughs> like you know, cash cash brass <laughs> or, or grass. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> okay, so so let you know, it was not like a cash for brass concept. I think they were made of brass. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> As far as I could tell, it sounds like the proprietor of the pub would carry this from table to table. Okay. And you would put a coin in and the machine would pop open and you would take the, the it, I, I guess cigarettes, it kept calling it tobacco. And then you had to close it manually. And I think the idea was hmm. just like, so the, so that the bartender didn't have to make change and like it was kind of novel. And so they would sell more tobacco that way. It, it doesn't really sound like a vending it sounds machine. Like, like a little tobacco vault. It sounds like a little tobacco vault. Yeah. Like basically the coin just like opens the door and then you can like withdraw all your... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all but, your your keys and your diamonds and your tobacco. Yeah, it's a little safe. Yeah, yeah. I guess you did say vault, and that's what's it, like a vault well, is like a big safe. A, but yeah, it's like yeah, a big safe. right. Okay, so then the first like what we would unequivocally call vending machines were developed in England in the 1880s and sold. You guessed it, postcards. <laughs> uh, they were invented by someone with an incredible name. 
Percival Everett, E-V-E-R-I-T-T. That's wonderful. And became popular fixtures at post offices and train stations. And they also sold stationery other than postcards. I would love to Wouldn't use Wouldn't that be wonderful? These. Yes. Oh, this is delightful. Okay, okay. The first vending machine company was founded in 1887 in England and was called the Sweetmeat Automatic Delivery Company. Oh, that's adorable. Which I think, I think like as a corporate name has not been exceeded since. Sweetmeat Automatic Delivery Company. Yeah, or Sadco. Hold on. So in this sense, like what were they vending? I tried like to figure that meat? out. I guess sweet. probably candy because because like sweet candy meats? is called sometimes called sweet meats in England. Oh, okay. Like Gosh, probably that's not really anymore. Dear. Yeah, it's very dear. The first American vending machine sold gum, and it was installed on New York City train platforms in eighteen starting go. in eighteen eighty eight. Uh, later, and I could not figure out what this meant, but I wanted to share it anyway. Okay, uh, I'm going to quote Wikipedia now. Quote, the idea of adding games to these machines as a further incentive to buy came in 1897 when the Pulver Manufacturing Company added small figures which would move around whenever somebody bought some gum from their machines. This idea spawned a whole new type of mechanical device known as the trade stimulators. First hmm. of all, it sounds, sounds like they're selling sex toys in the vending uh, machine, I say, which, which I think very, is a great idea. Very vibratory. Yes, but uh, like I tried to find like what what did this look like? Did you like put a coin in and like it would like play music and little mechanical figurines would dance i yeah. guess so i couldn't find a video of it huh okay okay okay, okay. trade stimulators that's kind of it for the history of vending machines i do have one question like like serious philosophical question for okay. you you know when you go to the arcade and you put in a, a like five dollar bill and a bunch of quarters come out is that a vending machine no okay it has to be like a product and money isn't a product uh, yeah no because you're putting in the same amount that you're taking out it's just in a different form okay yeah that's a good point what about games like, like video games? Like video games, like that, you know, live in like an arcade. Like a, like or, an arcade cabinet? Yeah. I don't think that's a vending machine. Because there's an like element of chance, Like a physical product has to come out. What if I put in money and Zoltar gives me my fortune? Oh, like in like in the movie Big. That's right. And and the fortune says you will you you'll will, be big. You get to have sex with, with, a, an with an a grown adult up woman. lady. Gross. <laughs> and it's weird that they put it that way on the fortune for kids. <laughs> like, someone needs to investigate the operator of this arcade. Is the Zoltar machine a vending machine, or yeah, is it, or I is it just like an entertainment device? Uh it's sort of a vending machine. Well, it's dispensing fortunes. It's really straddling the line in and the same way. And what if it's like a value-added product? Who, like, what if I what if I put in? Well, oh, what about this? What about when you get like a, a like a commemorative like smashed penny? That is a really good question. You know what? Like you put in like a penny and but a couple you, of and quarters. You pay a quarter or whatever, and you get a smashed penny. <laughs> but like that's that's the thing you said before. Like the same thing you put in is coming out. No, but you're paying but more. But you're paying more, right? Oh, so, but no. so you're Gosh, so under wow, your definition, if you put in five dollars into the change machine and got back like eight quarters, that would be that would count as a vending machine because you're putting in more than you get out. <laughs> I guess that would that would count count as like a, a like you know federal crime. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, you're right. This is not working. It's that time of year again. You treat us as a vending machine. It's our annual pledge drive. That's, I thought you meant remember? it was my birthday. 
<laughs> Wait, you, you want to be treated as a vending machine on your birthday? No, I mean, but, if that's what you but want. But when you said it's that time of year again, do you it remember? Is. Do you remember when we did the pledge drive on my birthday? <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't remember that. But I like how when I said it's that time of year again, we're both looking at this at this screen that says record pledge drive message, and you assumed I meant I, that I was talking about your birthday. <laughs> so, with, okay. This is this is your favorite show hosted by a couple of narcissists. <laughs> And we are asking you to support us uh, for another year so we can keep bringing you this thing. That's right. I want to mention something that's really important to me, which is that, so this is an independent comedy show. Yeah, and that means... We are not part of any sort of podcast network. We are not owned by some media corporation. We are just us usually sitting in my dining room recording an independent comedy show about food just because we love for you to hear it. That's right. We have a staff of three. That includes Including us. us. Yeah. Yes. So it's the two of us and producer Abby. We have made over 600 episodes. We have incredible employee retention. Matthew that, that's and right. I- Abby has with, been with us for 10 years now. And Matthew and I have been here since the beginning. Can you even? That's right. There, you, yeah. If you, even if you go back to episode one, which We're you shouldn't do, there. you're not going to, you're not going to find an episode with, with like totally different hosts. No, but yeah, Abby is celebrating 10 years with us this yes. year. And you, our subscribers, pay 100% of Abby's salary. That is exactly right. So here's how it works. The money that you pledge to us each month goes to us directly, and you can sign up at three different levels. Yes. So let's go through them. Level one is called Little Limber Twig. That's mm-hmm. $5 a month. And in addition to that warm, fuzzy feeling they talk about on public radio mm-hmm. that you get. Which is, which you, is very important. It like, is. I mean, is. I, I want to make clear every time, like, you absolutely get cool stuff for subscribing, but the most important thing you get is the feeling of, like, I helped make that thing that I love to listen to every week. Which is real. Yes. I feel this for all the publications, podcasts, and newsletters that I support. Absolutely. Big time. At the little limber twig level, you not only get that good feeling, but you get a handwritten postcard from the two of us. You also get our, uh, what is it, quarterly newsletter. Uh, what do you call something that comes out three times our, a year? Our trimester. No, that's not what a trimester mm. is. Anyway, we do it three times a year. We take turns writing it. Uh, it's always delightful. And you also get our bonus episodes, which also come out three times a year. Yes. And of course, if you subscribe now, you will get all of the bonus episodes going back to the beginning of time. That's right. Uh, which uh, it's quite a few at this point. There was one one where our kids hosted the show. Mm-hmm. So we lied when we said there were no episodes with different hosts. Uh, there was one where we went to a nude beach which we've been talking about ever since as if it's something people care about and they don't. We also have, I am really <laughs> pleased with the ones we have planned for the remainder of 2023 Me too. and we've into 2024. We've got some fun stuff coming up I involving, involving uh, learning, learning more about ourselves. That's right. Okay, that's at the $5 level. At the $10 level, you are what is called a Magnum Bonum subscriber. A Magnum Bonum sustaining, sustaining member. member. And you get all the same things as the little limber twig subscriber. However, you also get one thing. You get one piece of merch. So that's either a spilled milk tote bag, t-shirt, or mug. Yes. And 
we're trying something new this year. First of all, before we even go any further, like if you've heard this, you've already decided this is the year for me, I'm going to sign up. Go to spilledmilkpodcast.com slash donate. That's how you do this. We'll mention it again at the end. We are trying something new this year at our $20 a month level, which is called the Glycine Max Super Member. You get all of the stuff that we mentioned, the postcard, the mailing list, the bonus episodes, the merch, and we will make you a five-minute custom episode on the topic of your choice. That's right. So when you go to spilledmilkpodcast.com slash donate and you say, I want to be a Glycine Max super member, there's going to be a little field there where you can suggest three episode topics that you would like us to do a custom episode on. We'll pick one of them and we will make you a five minute custom episode. Yes, we'll, just we'll for put you. your name in it. We'll put your name and address in it. We'll release it publicly. <laughs> No. Um, no, this will be just for you. Like you will have a, a token of our appreciation that you can like uh, play for your friends or never share with anyone. That's right. So yeah, the, you've got three levels to choose from. Little Limber Twig, Magnum Bonum, Glycine Max. That's $5, or $20 a month. And you also, of course get our eternal gratitude. Absolutely. And that goes for like, you know, people who have subscribed in the past and are no longer able to, you still have our, our gratitude. Matthew, what if somebody who is subscribing at say the $5 level wants to go up to the $10 level? Yeah. You know what? The best way to do that is just to drop me an email, contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. And of course, like if you move up from five to 10, you'll get the merch. If you move up uh, to the $20 level, you will get the custom episode. Fantastic. So I'm this, genuinely excited about recording these five-minute custom episodes. I, I think too. it's going to be super fun. I think it'll allow us to do topics that we never would have done otherwise and probably be sillier than we would have been otherwise. That's right. So if you don't remember anything we just said, go to spilledmilkpodcast.com slash donate. You can see all these levels explained to you and you can sign up at whatever level works for you. Our goal for this pledge drive is to hit 60 new or upgrading subscriptions. Yeah. And you can check uh, when you go to that link, uh, you will see where we are in terms of we I'm not actually going to put one of those thermometers on because I don't know how to do it. But uh, it'll say like, you know, we're up to like 42 of 60. And you'll if you're if you're the 60th, you don't get anything special, but it's probably going to feel really good. <laughs> you get a great feeling. You get a, a great, like a really intense, great, <laughs> great feeling like in your whole body. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I guarantee that. Wow. Well, subscribers, thank you for giving us that warm feeling every time we record a podcast. That's true. We, we really, not, really get that. We would not be able to do it without you. And yeah, I think we turned off the air conditioning before we recorded. And I'm getting that warm <laughs> feeling all over. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this job is seriously the best job I've ever had. I Me say too. It every pledge drive and I mean it. So thank you to everyone who subscribes now in the future and in the past. Yeah. Thanks for supporting work that you and we enjoy so much. Spillbuckpodcast.com slash donate. We won't bug you about this again till next year. And now let's talk more about vending machines. Before we talk about vending machines in Japan, which is a whole thing. Mm -hmm. So are there vending machines in Seattle or in your regular life that you frequently use? That's a really good question. Okay. So one immediately jumped to mind. So, so the, the basic answer is no, because I don't leave the house that much. But what? Uh, <laughs> you leave the house all the time. Do I? Most of the time, by the time I am like waking up and reaching for my phone, you have already been out of the house on a walk. 
That's true, but my walk doesn't take me past any vending machines. Well, that still counts as a walk, dude. There was there was a famous vending machine in my neighborhood in Seattle that would like that was like out on the street in front of a locksmith and and no one knew for sure like who was restocking it, but I think it's not there anymore. Oh, that's disappointing. Um however, so one did come to mind that like a Seattle vending machine that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we haven't done it in a while, but I would love to go maybe before the summer is over, uh canoeing on Lake Washington. Mm-hmm. And you rent canoes at the uh, University of Washington Boathouse and take them out on the lake. And afterwards, you're usually very thirsty. And there is a there's a soda machine in the boathouse. You return your boat, you go and I I like feel like I always want an orange soda. And they've got an orange soda and it's just the best. That is so lovely. The vending machines that I use most often in my like regular Seattle based life are the ones on ferries. Yes, absolutely. So a lot of our Washington state ferries have like a a galley where they sell, you know, hot food. It's usually like Ivers clam chowder, Mm -hmm. uh, some kinds of like weird nachos with the little. I'm not a fan of the the nachos with with runny cheese sauce. I yeah. can't do that. I feel like it's it's uh, a minority of boats that have an actual galley. Most of them have instead vending machines. And June Quite and a I, few of them. June and I have long had a tradition of getting Skittles on a ferry. Nice. We always get Skittles. We like to sit inside and share a bag of Skittles, and it is delightful. If you were faced with like a typical snack vending machine, mm-hmm. like would you usually go? Uh, Peanut M&M's? It depends on the day. I would say sometimes peanut M&M's, if I'm like actually hungry, Mm -hmm. peanut M&M's are a pretty good choice. Sure. Either that or those like crackers, like those garish orange cheese crackers with peanut butter. Yes. Like those peanut butter sandwich crackers. I think I think like we've been asked a couple of times to do an episode on those and like we, I don't think we have enough to say about it for a whole episode, but those really do hit the spot sometimes. They really do. If I'm not really hungry, but I want something to put in my mouth, Skittles is where <laughs> I'll go. And that is, I would say, most of the time. I, if I'm not really hungry and I want something to put, it, to put it in my mouth, I'll, I'll like a long like uh, piece of hay. Oh, OK. I was thinking maybe like your wife's tongue or. Wow. Sneak preview of upcoming bonus episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway. All right, Matthew. Vending machines in Japan. Go. Okay. So uh, Japan has more vending machines per capita than any other country. (laughs) It's kind of like a popular, like, you know, look what wacky thing is going on in Japan article in the Western press to like talk about like, you know, there's a vending machine in, in Japan where you can get ramen or like, you know, any, any like, you know, unusual thing. Really, most of them are drink machines, the vast majority, but they're really good drink machines. Yes. There are some that are really cool. Like most, most of them are just like, you know, you put in like somewhere between like, uh, like a hundred and 150 yen, which is like about a dollar. And you get like a hot drink, like a canned, hot canned coffee or a cold drink. That's always going to be ice cold and, uh, you know, water, water or soda or, or uh, tea. So um, good. There are. Usually, usually found uh, like on train platforms, they've become pretty popular vending machines that have like a huge digital display showing pictures of what's inside. Oh, so and, not uh, like a clear glass front. Right. And, okay. uh, and so then you just like tap on the thing you want and it comes out. How this is superior to the clear glass front, I don't know, but it is cool. Well, I bet that there's a lot that they can achieve in like heating or cooling that wouldn't be very pretty to look at. 
That's possible. You know what I mean? So if you hide it behind like images, then you can. What do you, what do you think is going on back there? I think like little tiny humans like working gears or, or blowing hot air with like a bellows. You think there's Oompa Loompas? Yes, I do. Are there particular, I mean, this is an obvious question, but there must be really sophisticated technologies in Japanese vending machines like in Japanese companies that are doing these things. I think there, I think there must be like, you know, you, they, they are like incredibly like efficiently stocked. Like it's rare for things to be out, like sold out. And like, I think, I think people like restock them very quickly. Like the way that onigiri are yes. restocked at Kombini's. What is it? Multiple times multiple a day. Multiple times a day. That is so cool. But so like, if you go back like a few decades, the vending machine situation, like there was, there was like a period when it was, when it was like very trendy to, to like come up with new things to be sold out of vending machines. And to be clear, like there, there are like ice cream vending machines they're very good. I like got curry out of a curry vending machine <gasps> once, like really? to reheat at home. Yes, okay. which was very satisfying. But if you want to see like the sophisticated Japanese vending machines of yore, the place you go is the Sagami Hara Vending Machine Park, which is uh, in Kanagawa Prefecture outside Tokyo, uh, which has over a hundred vintage machines stocked by the owner of the vending machine park. Okay. And to quote Wikipedia, <laughs> Quote, it was created by Tatsuhiro, the president of the Rat Sunrise Used Tire Shop, originally to entertain waiting customers. Wow, the, I would totally go get used tires there. Just because just it's called Rat, see, Rat Sunrise? That's exactly... <laughs> so I somehow didn't even register on that. Somehow I read it as Rat Surprise. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is also weirdly one of the more popular vending machines. <laughs> Uh, so still quoting Wikipedia, the collection is more time consuming than the tire shop and Saito has as many employees to restock and cook for the machines as his tire shop. The kitchen makes more than 600 meals a day. In 2022, Saito estimated that the collection drew 300 to 400 customers on weekdays and a thousand customers on weekends. I've never been to this place. I would like to check it out at some point. I'm still hung up on rats. Rat Rat surprise is it would be a great name for something. I'm picturing it as like a bulk vending machine. Though. Mom just of the like show, a, Judy Amster, hates like rats more than anything like else in the world. A lot of rats in a clear glass <laughs> container, and you put in a coin, and it dispenses one of them. But but you don't know which one it's going to be, and that's the surprise. That's right. And the rat is also surprised to have been chosen. <laughs> that's, that's upsetting. I love this, and I like it. Wait, you, uh, mom of the show, Judy Amster, oh, hates rats. Oh, just hates, hates rats. And, Why? And doesn't want to experience a rat surprise. Oh, okay. I don't know, just because they're like, you know, vermin. Okay, fine. Uh, wow. I have no problem with rats, personally. Wow, okay. I am really, uh, I, I want to hear from listeners what they buy out of vending machines. Yeah. Why don't, because you, why I, don't you pop onto the, you can either uh, email us, contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com, or uh, hop over to our Reddit, everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. We, we already did a pledge drive segment this week. Yeah. Let's take a week off of segments. We'll be back with, with double the segments next week. <laughs> we're going to have a new segment called Rat Surprise, where you don't know which rat we're going to highlight this week. Like, you know how we've done the Beak Nor of the Week? The Norway rat. Yeah, we've done Beak the of the Week. Now we're going to do Rodent of the Moment. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Matthew. 
He was so pleased. I'm so proud of myself. All right. So if you uh, if you are interested in this concept, uh, or even if you're not, <laughs> With, please. You know, nobody please. is interested in this concept except us. Well, I said even if you're not. <laughs> okay. Please go to spilledmilkpodcast.com slash donate. And that is where uh, you'll be supporting us, including producer Abby. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show, whether this is your first time or whether you've been listening for uh, 613 episodes. Mm-hmm. If this is the first time you've listened, listen, there's there's no way no. you're going to become a subscriber yet. No, but thanks for listening. But, but next week. We owe a lot of, of what makes this show so great to our producer, Abby Circatella. And we would say that even if she wasn't sitting behind me. That's right, but she is. Uh, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. But you know what? We would rather that you just donate. Yeah, but you, you could certainly do both. Maybe <laughs> you true. maybe you already are a subscriber and you've done your part, but also you want to review the show. Oh, fine. You can, uh, I always want to say you can hook up with other listeners at <laughs> everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. Let's just leave that in. Okay, perfect. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that is known as the Trade Stimulator. I'm Matthew Arashid. I'm Molly Cacahuete. A rodent of the moment. A rodent of the moment. Right where it's at. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. That was perfect. That's the best jingle we've ever done. All right, everybody. We only do this once a year. Thank goodness, because nobody likes it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have our outtake now, so let's start over. (laughs) (laughs) i really believe in honesty so well stop (laughs) let's let's really lean into into like lies and deception okay okay here we go hey everybody (laughs) wow i knew this was gonna go smoothly okay here we go